1: The world's been turned upside down. There are many today that feel that they've lost their enthusiasm for work and for life. My guest this week has some thoughts on how to turn this around. He is the world renowned business educator, pioneer, and coach, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith. And he's an expert on helping people turn inertia into action, meaning, and happiness. He's the author or editor or and editor of 42 books, two of his best selling books, Triggers and What Got You Here Won't Get You There, have been recognized as being the two two of the best hundred books ever written in the field. Today, with Marshall as our guide, we're going to explore mojo, how to get it, how to keep it, and how to get it back if you've lost it. Marshall, welcome to The Mentor Show, and let's get started. It's an honor to have you with me today. Let's jump right in. What Thank is you for inviting me. Yeah, great. What, what is mojo?
2: that positive spirit toward what you're doing now that starts on the inside and radiates to the outside. And this is something we can see as we journey through life everywhere in the checking in the hotel, at the restaurant, with the CEO. We can see this at any level of occupation.
1: And when you run into another person, uh, what is it that you would say makes them stand out as knowing that they have their mojo to me there are certain people that you meet what is it that you pick up on and you've noticed over the years on people that really have it
2: that sense of positive enthusiasm about what they're doing they're upbeat they're positive they're focused and that communicates they don't do what they're doing because they have to they do what they're doing because they want to
1: and uh what is its importance in our life and in our career? Why, why is it so important? I mean, well, I, I mean, being negative is not a good thing, but I, I understand that. But, what, but it, it drives a lot of things, doesn't it? Well,
2: if we look at Mojo, two of the key components are happiness and meaning. And let me give you some definition of those. And I don't like to waste time arguing about bad or good definitions. They're just my definitions for this book. Uh, happiness means joy in the process of what you're doing. You really just love what you're doing and meaning that means the outcomes of what you're doing are important to you. And if you look at our studies on life, my daughter Kelly is a professor here at Vanderbilt and I've done a lot of research. If you look at your studies on life, people need to score high simultaneously on happiness and meaning.
1: Well, I know there are certain people I meet. You're one of them. Uh, they've got what I call the secret sauce. That's what I call it. So you call it Mojo. I call it the secret sauce. Uh, and the other thing I would I would imagine, people with Mojo attract people to them.
2: Is that? Well, exactly, because we all tend to mirror what we see in others. One of my good friends is Martin Lindstrom. He's a world's expert in branding. You know, a lot about advertising. And, you know, we often think of empathy as what others give to us, and we start to incorporate into ourselves from them, we also do the same thing. And when we're upbeat, we're positive, we're communicating, well, that goes to others. I've asked thousands of parents around the world this question. When, when your kid grows up, I want my child to be, what's the answer? One word comes out from parents more than every other word combined, no matter what country I'm in. Happy. So I always say, you
1: want your kid to be happy? You go first. So how so let's say i'm in the dumps right now how how would i measure i guess there must be some way to measure it as well just to confirm i mean i I would think intuitively you know you've lost your mojo but there are measures aren't there well one thing
2: i believe in is something called the daily question process and i talk about it in the book mojo i've had someone call me on the phone every day for 25 years to help me measure my day every day Now, again, why? My name is Marshall Goldsmith. I'm too cowardly and undisciplined to do any of this stuff by myself. I need help. And, you know, we all need help. And very simple measures that begin with the phrase, did I do my best to, are fantastic for measuring our, our joy, our happiness in life. And the six I recommend are, number one, did I do my best to set clear goals today? Number two, did I do my best to make progress? Number three, did I do my best to find meaning? Number four, did I do my best to be happy? Number five, did I do my best to build positive relationships? And, and did I do my best to be fully engaged? Well, these questions all began intentionally with that phrase, did I do my best too?" Because you see, as we journey through life, when we get down, our tendency is to blame them. You know, I'm in bad mood because of them. Uh, things aren't going well because of them, the environment, something out there. Well, we often can't control that. The one thing we can't always control was ourselves. And you and I have some common friends. Hubert Jolie is going to be on your show, an amazing guy. Harry Kramer, who I love and you know very well. Harry, I've never seen the guy be down my whole life. He's always upbeat, positive, finding
1: meaning and happiness in what he's doing. So I'm going to come back in a little bit when we talk about how to fix things uh, on the purpose and meaning part. But what are some of the mojo killers that people face uh, in their career and life that, that we really have to be a kind of watch out for? Because we know we're running into a buzz
2: Well, you know, if you look at life, when you find yourself doing things and you sit there and say, I'm depressed because I'm doing this, you've got a problem. And there's two ways to look at what you're doing. One is what I'm giving it. I call this that Mojo Scorecard. You're talking about your motivation, your ability, your confidence, what you're giving to it. But then there's another question. What's it giving to you? Is this giving me happiness? Is it giving me joy? Is this giving me what's important in my life? So when you start doing anything, ask two questions. One, what am I giving to it? And two, what is it giving to me? Now, you can change what you can change. There's two arguments on this one. Basically, do I create the world, or does the world create me? Well, one argument is, you know, hey, uh, I create the world. Uh, the pep talk, motivational speech, you know, you can do it. Well, that's true to a degree, but only to a degree. I mean, that book, The Secret. Well, yeah, you can wish things are going to be happy, and there's sometimes they will be, but sometimes they won't. And the other is the world creates me. I'm kind of a victim, B.F. Skinner. What I believe is we create the world and at the same time the world is creating us. And the goal of the book, or all my books is basically to shift the balance a little bit. more toward your creating the world, a little bit less toward your being created by the world.
1: Well, that's terrific, and we're going to come back in a few minutes with our guest mentor, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, named as one of the 15 greatest business thinkers in the world by The London Times. The Mentors is now in its fifth year. Past guests have included Ram Charan, Dolores Hart, Earl Smith, Martin Lindstrom, Jim Lair, and many, many more. Go to our website, thementorsradio.com or any podcast platform to listen to past shows. This is Tom Laurie, and you're listening to The Mentors Radio Show.
3: Hi, I'm the executive producer of The Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than one million fans, one million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. feelgreat.vip to learn more.
5: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable
0: CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Lorre, and I'm with our guest mentor, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, world-renowned business thinker, pioneer, coach. And we're discussing mojo, how to get it, how to keep it, and how to get it back if you lose it. Uh, So one of the things we have, you've got a list of things here about mistakes that lead, well, humbling episodes in life. Let's talk. Just cover some of, the, some of these mojo killers, and one of them that I looked at here was the humbling episodes. And I, and you can, I'm going to kind of run through them very quickly, and then you, I have you elaborate on them. Overcommitting, sure. waiting for the facts to change, looking for logic in the wrong places, bashing the boss, refusing to change because of sunk costs, which is a great—I I know that one. I don't know that personally, but I've seen that. Oh, yeah. Refuse, refusing to change because of sunk costs and successful, uh, so, uh, you also talk about uh, ego. So maybe you can just cover some of those in greater detail for our audience. So these are.
2: Well, these, let me give you a couple of the classic ones on that list. We're going to start with one looking for logic. Uh, Peter Drucker taught me a great lesson. I was on his advisory board for 10 years. He said, you know, our mission in life is to make a positive difference, not how, not to prove how smart we are and how right we are, number one, and the second thing he said is, uh, every decision in the world is made with the person who has the power to make the decision. Make peace with that. Not the smartest person or the right person or the best person. Well, too many times, especially people who are engineers, scientists or whatever, they always wait for the world to be logical. They say, well, that's not logical or that's not fair. or That's not rational. Well, you know, welcome to the real world. Decisions aren't made based on logic or rationality or fairness as you define it. Decisions are made by decision-makers, and Peter Drucker taught me a great lesson related to mojo. Change what you can change and make peace with what you can't. So before you do anything, you ask yourself a question, am I willing at this time to make the effort required to make a positive difference on this topic? If the answer is yes, you go for it. The answer is no, you just take a deep breath and let it go. Put your life focus on where you can make a difference. Don't waste your energy on what you're not gonna change anyway. So that would be one of them. Another one is ego. And I'm going to talk about how that plays out in two ways. One way is sometimes we just have this need to win all the time and be right all the time and prove how smart we are all the time. Well, over and over in our lives, we've been hammered to prove how smart we are. It's hard to stop. And as you know, as you move into leadership, you got to quit doing that. And it's hard for leaders to let go of being right, being smart, proving how great we are. And to sit there and say, wait a minute, I'm a leader. Now my goal is to help them be heroes, not to be the hero myself, And the other side of ego, which is kind of the opposite side is not having enough. Sometimes you do need to promote yourself and some people hold back. And the lesson I learned from Peter Drucker is this, in life, we have been conditioned to prove ourselves. Sometimes it's a great idea, you need to do it. It's important, especially when you're young. On the other hand, it cannot be a great idea. The key is not to proving yourself is a good or bad thing. The key is, when do I really want to focus on proving myself, proving my point, building credibility, and when do I need to back off and let other people be the heroes? And you've seen many people who are entrepreneurs. It's hard to let go. It's hard to scale. And the only way they're ever going to scale is let go of those ego issues. So those are a couple of them.
1: This is Tom. Laura, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. Today, we're with America's top executive coach and the author and co-author of 42 books, Marshall Goldsmith. Well, one of the things that's really been important in the last year uh, with COVID and the lockdowns and all that people have experienced has been isolation and being an island. Mm. And that is one of the mojo killers. I think that's maybe a big one today. A lot of people coming out of that, they're talking about opening things up, uh, but they've lost a lot of... uh, Mm. Uh, energy what what so let's talk a little bit about isolation and being an island and what you're telling people these days regarding that one because that's a real killer
2: you know i just spent a whole hour today talking with 60 people on this one topic and a little bit of background, I went to a program called Design the Life You Love. The woman said, her are your heroes? They were kind and generous people or great teachers. She said, be more like them. So I decided to give everything I know to 15 people for free. And then they get old, they do the same thing. Well, I thought I made a little LinkedIn video. I thought maybe... 100 people would apply and I'd give it away to 15. Well, it turned out 18,000 people apply. Now we have 300. Wow. Today's topic isolation and loneliness. You know what it is? It is tough out there for a lot of people. Loneliness was going up before COVID hit, it was going up a lot. After COVID hit, it's gone through the roof. Depression, isolation. Last week, we had a speaker talking about unfortunately young people who are depressed, sometimes even suicidal. Very important to have a community, a support group. And the one thing that I've really worked on with my friends is this 100 Coach Group is being a positive support group to people. You need to be around people where you can be authentic without being judged. You need to be around people where you feel supported. and You're not going to be put down and critiqued. And, and you know the Tom, that's saying it's lonely at the top. It is er, at the top today. It has never been this lonely. With social media, people getting crucified for saying the wrong word, it is lonely out there. So I think very important to build a community, to build that community of support yourself. And if you're not in one, try to find one, join one, or build one. And be
1: proactive. I mean, that's what you're saying, right? Don't wait. Don't wait for them to come to your door. You Got to go out. So right. if... Well, let's think about that a second. I'm sounds like uh, I caught you at a good time coming off this uh, discussion this morning. Mm-hmm. Where is it that people can go out to? I mean, you have your network of friends, you've got people, you've got family, but you're, we're talking about something greater than that. Hey, did you come up with any uh, uh, solutions on where they well, go out to? Let me give you some ideas.
2: I think friends are great. Family is great. It's also important to have other professionals you can talk to as well. For example, YPO for many people is an excellent organization or organizations like Vistage, where you can have other CEOs that you communicate with. Sometimes these people understand your stress points more than your family. In my group that that I'm in, there are a lot of people like me. They're authors, they're writers. They know what life is like on the road. They've lived the same kind of life I live. In a way, they know my life more than my family does, more than my friends do that are just personal friends. And it's great to have this support group of people. We don't compete with each other. We help each other. We try to support each other. So look at people who are like yourself in terms of what they're doing and say, you know, would I like to have a professional association with these people?
1: Yeah, I I, I think I mentioned this to you when we did the prep. uh, I've run a group for 20 years now for people that have lost their jobs. Yeah. And we talk a lot about networking and the importance of networking and it's been my experience over twenty years. The greatest hurdle for people to go out because you can do job boards and all of that, but 20, I think eighty percent of all jobs come from somebody you know or has met you. Of course, so so the, so, the, so that's one of the big hurdles. is just getting outside and, and networking and being proactive. I, I don't. I I tell people it's a little bit like selling. They learn a lot about selling because they do a little cold calling, I guess. But maybe you some other thoughts on that as well on networking.
2: Well, you know, I'm a great believer in that. And that's basically what my organization does. And today we talked about how important it was to people, not just professionally, but also personally, because a lot of people are lonely and being around people who are like you, they're supportive, they're positive, they're not putting you down. Number one, it helps you professionally. For example, uh, one person you're talking to is Hubert Jolie. He's a member of our group. Hubert, former CEO, Best Buy, great friend of mine. I was the best man at his wedding. He writes a book. All of us supported his book. We get behind him. We help him. But not only that, we listen to him talk. We try to give him moral support, ethical support. So that kind of stuff,
1: you almost can't buy it. And I'm curious. I suspect I know the answer, but I'm going to ask the question anyways. Do you you journal yourself? Do you do journaling and things like that?
2: I do daily questions. I don't do journaling, so I'm Tell not, us about not that. at all an expert on journaling. Tell it's us about that. Probably a great idea, but but I don't do
1: it. But what's the daily question? Is that the person calling you, or what is that? Let, let what is, is that?
2: Yeah. Let me describe it. This is something I can teach to all of our listeners. It takes three minutes a day, costs nothing, can help you get better at almost anything. Some people are skeptical. Three minutes a day costs nothing. Help me get better than anything. That sounds too good to be true. Well, I'll start it and then after break, we'll wrap it up. But just starting, get out a spreadsheet. On one column, write down a series of questions to represent what is most important in your life. Everyone has to be answered with a number. Yes yes or no or a number. Yes is one, no is a zero or number. Seven boxes across. At the end of the week, you get a report card. I've been doing this for the years. What you learn when you do this every day is life is real easy to talk and real hard to live
1: when we come Uh, back let's talk we're gonna yeah let's let's talk about that when we come back so we're gonna come back in a few minutes with our guest mentor dr marshall goldsmith named as one of the world's most influential leadership thinkers by thinkers 50 this is tom laurie and this is the mentors radio
7: BetterCreditDeal.com.
5: balance6.biz. And now, back to The
0: Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Roy, and I'm with our guest mentor, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, world-renowned business thinker, pioneer, and coach. And we're discussing mojo, how to get it, how to keep it, and how to get it back if you lose it. So in the last segment, we are talking about your questions that you hmm. ask every morning. And we've already done the what's most important in your life. You put a spreadsheet, you rate it, uh, and then at the end of the week, you take a look. And what else do you ask?
2: Well, uh, for example, another one of my questions is how many times did you try to prove you were right yesterday when it wasn't worth it? And, you know, Tom, I, I don't see too many zeros on my scorecard there. You know, it's kind of hard for that old professor not to be right all the time. I'm sure, Tom, you never fall into this trap, but others, others frequently do or Or how many angry or destructive comments did I make about people yesterday? You know, I'm not seeing enough zeros on that report card either. And we don't want other people stabbing us in the back. Why are we stabbing them in the back? So just um, how many minutes did I write? How many push-ups, sit-ups? How much do I weigh? Just questions about life every day. My friend Jim Moore would tell you this saved his life. It didn't kind of save his life. It did save his life. was one of his questions every day. Are you currently updated on your physical exam? The first 90 days he did this, he said, no, every day. After 90 days, he said, this is embarrassing. I'm going to get the dumb exam or quit asking. He got the dumb exam. The doctor said, you have cancer. Now, he's going to be fine. The doctor said, had you waited seven more years, or seven more months, you'd have been dead. Okay. He knew he should have got a physical exam. He's 65 years old, chief learning officer of three multi-billion dollar companies. That's stupid, but he didn't do it. You hold a mirror in front of your face every day. Guess what? much more likely to do it. Now, to our listeners, any of you think this is easy, you prove one thing to me. You've never done this before. If you think this is easy, you've never done it. This is hard. The average person quits in two weeks. It's hard to look in that mirror every day.
1: And what I'm curious, um, since you brought it up, what do you do with regards to, you obviously look like you're a pretty fit guy. What do you do for exercise? What is your typical routine?
2: Well, in the last Two years I've averaged walking over five miles a day. Wow. Plus, I do push-ups and sit-ups. I do push-ups, I do sit-ups, I do leg lifts, I do walking. That's all. And I what? and I watch my diet. So every day I watch my diet. I have a goal, 174 pounds. And I learned this from my friend Frank Wagner. He's had the same weight since he was 18. You know what he does? You weigh yourself every day. And I'll tell you the secret: if your weight is like above what you want, don't eat so much. That weight is below what you want. Eat some more. <laughs> That's and, about it.
1: <laughs> and um, this is really important, also, for mojo, isn't it? The physical well-being. Yeah,
2: because you know it's pretty hard to have that positive spirit toward what you're doing now. It starts on the inside and goes outside. If you're sick. Yeah. And it's really tough. It's not impossible. I won't say it's impossible because a lot of people are sick and just do an amazing job. On the other hand, it's certainly a lot more challenging. Okay.
1: Well, that's great. And you've got, so we haven't talked about it yet. I will. And some of the stuff, but you've got this book. I mean, the book uh, is Mojo how to get it, how to keep it and how to get it back. If you lose it, which you can find, uh, we'll post it on our website. You can find it on Amazon. It's um it's a book I read several years ago, but it really, uh, it, because I think it came some out sometime after the, uh, uh, the housing crisis or something somewhere in that time frame. I, I'm not quite sure, but I picked it up. I was fascinated with the topic, still am. Uh, and because of the work I do, it's very important, but in the book, which I found is you've got, um, some practical tools right. uh, that you offer and, the book is 184 pages long and the practical tools section takes up 59 of those pages. A lot of stuff. You've got 14 tools uh, that you talk about. Let's give give me a couple of your favorites and I'll go into them. Well, I, the one that I, I really gravitated. uh, There's two in particular, find out where you're living.
2: Yeah. And you know, that's really important before you get to where you want to go. You need to figure out where you are. Where am I now in terms of mojo? And here's one thing I teach all those people I coach. I've coached many famous CEOs. That is, number one, don't stay too long. Don't overstay. You're welcome. Always leave at the top. Uber Jolie, who you're going to be talking about? Left right at the top. Alan Malali, CEO Ford, right at the top. Don't, don't stay too long and figure out, look, am I getting out of this job what I need to now? because then you can start making that plan for the next step. What's another one you like?
1: Well, I had, a, I'm smiling as you're talking about. So my wife is Italian. Uh, we've got uh, four kids and 13 grandchildren. Right. Uh, and Italian moms tend to be smother mothers. Yep. And, yep. and I, I, te- I, what I've told her for years is that when we visit, uh, we leave before the play is over. <laughs> Yeah, and I know you're you're now having, you're close to some of your grandchildren or grandchild in Nashville, but we can overstay our welcome as well. I mean, oh, it's overstaying yeah. our welcome as a CEO, but also overstaying our welcome with somebody else. And I've always found it's best to leave them wanting to have you come back.
2: You know, I've um, I've coached a lot of CEOs and 100% of the CEOs I've told that leave, that did leave thanked me. Two didn't they both got fired and had very negative experiences. So, you know, I've been I've been down this road with my clients many times and don't get ego attached to that job. Don't start thinking you're the most important thing in the world. Life's gonna go on without you and make peace with that. You do your best, you do a great job. You leave the company in good shape. And when things are going well, get out. And sometimes, you know what they tell me, Tom? Oh, well, the board really doesn't want me to leave now. That's when you wanna leave. Because you see, if the board does not want you to leave, the opposite is the board does want you to leave. That means you stayed too long.
1: Well, and I, I'm going to go to another one of the, the tools, uh, which is rebuild one brick at a time. See, that is
2: real important because if you think about it, you can't do everything at once. And sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, and by the way, it's related to overcommitment. I'm sure you've done it yourself. Yep. Everything starts sounding good, and we get excited. I'm going to do this and write this book and do this and do this and do this. And all of a sudden, you've got this impossible list. And that one brick at a time is a great way to look at building a wall. Just pick that one thing that's going to make the biggest difference now and focus on that. Fix that. When I coach people, you know what I tell them? Pick one behavior as a leader to get better. Don't pick 50 or 30. You don't change 50 things anyway. Just pick one. For example, Let's say I give you feedback. You pick you want to be a better leader. Let's just talk about that one. Or better listener. say, better listener. Well, if you listen better, you're going to get better at treating people with respect. You're going to get better at customer satisfaction. You're going to get better being innovative. You don't have to try to change everything in the world. If you pick one important thing, one brick, you
1: can get better at a lot of things. Well, a few years ago, some years ago, I read a book called The Slight Edge. I don't know if it makes uh, something that resonates with you, uh, but it, it's also one of those rules about one brick at a time. And, try, and, I, and I am guilty, as many are uh, particularly busy people of overcommitting. but I've learned that a little bit each day on certain things really can, at the end of, uh, it's like compound interest. And I I think about, well, let's say the radio show, when I first was asked to do the radio show, uh, you know, I I probably overcompensated initially, but I've learned to do, to uh, to manage the show in a way where I'm doing a little bit at a time, because when you prep for a show, there's quite a bit of prep time, but to do it the day before it drives you nuts. So I've learned the slight, what I call the slight edge, which maybe you have a comment on that. Yes.
2: I love it. I, I, I love that idea. There's, you know, another good person you may want to have on the call sometimes is uh, James Clear wrote a book called Atomic Habits, mega, mega bestseller. And it's the same thing. It's the same philosophy as The Slight Edge, which is just go for that little thing that you can do. You know, as I've grown older, I'm using myself as an example. As I've grown older, my level of aspiration has actually gone down and down and down and down my level of impact going up and up and up and up. You know what? I quit worrying about what I'm not going to change. You know what my mission is now when I work with people, like the people listening to us, you're listening out there, let me give you my goal. Help you have just a little bit better life. That's all. You don't have to have a lot better life little bit better life and maybe help
1: you help the people around
2: you have a little better life that's good enough that's good enough for
1: me or well, we have to jump to an ad we're going to be back in a few minutes with our guest Dr. Marshall Goldsmith this is Tom Warren and this is the Mentors Radio.
8: Hey professional business women I know how busy your life is to look your best nails matter the good news is I can save you a lot of nasty chemical smelling nail salon time just imagine. A perfect manicure in just minutes at home, even while watching TV. No dry time, no smudges, no streaks, and your new manicure will last up to 10 days, often longer. I'm talking about 100% real nail polish. Yes, real nail polish, including top and base coat, all in one, that can gently be stretched for a perfect custom fit. Gorgeous, vibrant colors, soft pastels, gentle glitter or can't-miss designs and nail art. You have options for about $12 a set. You can even get some free. Choose your colors or designs, receive them in about three days. Done. Everything you need is included. Polish easily removes and does not damage nails. Check it out nailsforme.com. Nails, the number four, M E.com. That's nailsforme.com.
3: Hi, I'm the executive producer of the Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. Feel great. V I P to learn more.
0: And now back to the mentors where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Laura, and I'm with our guest mentor, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, world renowned business thinker, pioneer coach, and we're discussing mojo, how to get it, how to keep it and how to get it back once you've lost it. So, I'm not sure quite where it fits, uh, but there was this other exercise, which I absolutely love and I recommend to people that you developed. And it's one where I've got a little book and you don't have to do it forever because if you do it for several months, it'll give you the insights you need. But basically across the top, it's activity. Second column is how much long-term benefit do I experience from this? Right. And the third column is how much short-term satisfaction and happiness did I experience? Right. And then then what I did is each day, I've got it in front of me, yep. I did it by day, and I would list what I did the day before, and I'd give a rating of one to 10. Yep. And maybe you could talk a little bit about that uh, template. I love that. So in that matrix, we're looking at two
2: different dimensions. Long-term benefit, another word for that is meaning short-term satisfaction another word is happiness we talk about five components in the book mojo now the first one is what i call surviving it doesn't make you happy and it's not real meaningful and and i've asked thousands of people what's in that box for you and they use words like chores i don't like it it's not too meaningful i feel like i have to do it the more you can get rid of that stuff the happier your life is and better the next one is it's high on short term it's not too meaningful. And that's one you have to watch out for, especially with teenagers. That's where you get into things that are fun, but don't mean a whole lot. The video game, the movie, that kind of stuff, entertainment. And that's where you get into, if you're not careful, addiction. You're doing things that are producing short-term benefit, a short-term gain, but they're not long-term meaningful. So a little of that is good. Too much of that can be bad. The other box in that corner is the one sacrificing. It's important. But it's meaningful, but I I don't like doing it, and you don't want to be a martyr. And our numbers on this are pretty amazing. My daughter and I have done the research. If you simultaneously achieve short-term benefit, happiness, long-term meaning, you win. You win in life. And statistically, it's not a theory. The more hours you spend in that simultaneous activity, the more you win. If you look at you, you don't have to be doing what you're doing. Why are you doing it? You're doing it for a couple of reasons. One, you enjoy it. And two, it's meaningful to you. Why am I talking to you? I enjoy it and it's meaningful to me. That's enough. And if you look at life, what matters? Well, assuming that you're healthy, you've got enough money, you got people you love. What else matters in life? I'm doing what's meaningful to me. And by the way, Tom, nobody can answer that for Tom, but Tom. And I'm doing what I enjoy. Well, nobody can answer that for me, but me. So to the degree, I love that chart you're talking about, to the degree you maximize that buck called succeeding, you win, you win in life. And what I like about it is what you did is the discipline. So you start really looking at your life saying, why am I doing this? And we can get caught with inertia. One of the things I talk about in the book is inertia. You just do things because you did them before some cost. I'm used to doing that. Just keep doing that. You're not really challenging yourself. Wait a minute, is this meaningful to me? is this making me happy? And if the answer is no and no,
1: look at that mirror. Why am I doing this? Well, it's a great tool. And I really recommend that people in the audience give it a shot because I think they're going to learn a lot about themselves. And as I said, you don't have to do the rest of your, maybe every once in a while you do a tune-up because you can get That's off right. track. Mojo so, tune-up. Mojo tune-up. This is Tom Lohr. You're listening to Mentors Radio. We're with uh, executive coach and co-author and author of 42 books, Marshall Goldsmith. The last tool that I want to talk about which is something that's near and dear to my heart. It, well, actually there's two of them, maybe combine both of them. One is uh, forgiveness. And it, well, I guess this is part of it. Give your friends a lifetime pass. That's forgiveness yeah. is part of that. Let's talk about giving your friends a lifetime pass.
2: I love this part. And I have a very simple test. I call it the Ronald Reagan test. Ronald Reagan, if you remember, ran against Jimmy Carter. He said, are you better off or worse off since this guy's president? Well, obviously, people thought they were worse off and he won. He ran against Mondale and said, better off or worse off because I'm president. But he won. He won again. Same question. He won both times. Every time I meet a human being, I ask myself this question. Is my life better off or worse off because I met that human being? You know what? The answer is better off. Whatever they did, wrong, take a deep breath and let it go. Yeah, what do we all screw up? They, whatever sins they committed, hey, my life's better off. Yeah, maybe they made a mistake or two. Who hasn't made a mistake? Just let go. And that the forgiveness thing is critically important on two dimensions. First, forgiving other people. So you're not carrying around that sense of anger, shame, guilt, animosity. And then second, I think it's even more challenging for most of us, forgiving ourselves. So one exercise I've got that I like is that when everybody take a deep breath, Good Buddhist philosophy is every time I take a breath, it's a new me. So think new me. Everything that was done before the second in your life was done by an infinite set of people called the previous me's. Think of all the gifts they've given you. Think about all they've done to help people. Think about how hard they tried. Any group of people did that many nice things. What would you say to those people? Thank you. Did they make a little mistake or two? Let it go let it go first person we need to learn how to forgive let's forgive this person
1: well and you talk about sending notes to people and i i this is before i read the book but i at one point in my career i sat down and wrote a personal note to everybody who really had an impact on my life just thanking them for being in my life and i've done it more consistently that was the first time i did it but that is uh, particularly for people that are older and further along in their career, many of them retired, just letting them know how important they were to your life is very powerful.
2: I I love that exercise. And, you know, I was on an airplane and landing gear didn't work. And we started going down and then didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. They had to circle till it ran out of gas. Not a good experience. I'm up there waiting for the plane to run out of gas. Obviously it didn't die. And I thought, what did I regret in life? And Tom, you have mentioned my one regret. I regretted not thanking people enough. After that, like you, I've just tried to thank people as best I can.
1: And what, in terms of your own path and your career, who's had the most impact? You mentioned Peter Drucker a couple of times. Who's had the most impact or a couple of people that have had impact who have been mentors for you? One
2: of them is a woman named Frances Hesselbein. Peter Drucker did say the greatest leader has ever met, retired as the CEO of the Girl Scouts. Wonderful person. Alan Mulally, former CEO of Ford, probably the best CEO in the world in the last 50 years. Hubert reliever is going to be on your show. A great teacher to me. Um, you know, in theory, I'm supposed to be the coach of these people, but I'm not arrogant enough to believe that I know more than them. I've learned from all the people I mentioned about 10 times what they ever learned from me.
1: We're going to go to break. We have one more segment left We're with Marshall Goldsmith named as one of the most credible thought leaders by The Economist. You'll find all of our past shows and show notes and links at TheMentorsRadio.com. Subscribe to future shows while you're there. This is Tom Laurie and this is The Mentors Radio Show. Uh.
7: bettercreditdeal.com. And now
0: back to the mentors where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I am with our guest mentor, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, world-renowned business thinker, pioneer, and coach. And we're discussing mojo, how to get it, how to keep it, and how to get it back if you lose it. He's written a book of the same name. We'll post that to the website. I encourage you all to go to Amazon right after the show and order a copy. Uh, so we this is the last segment. And let's uh, be a little bit more uh, uh, holistic and give you a lot more time. What would be the final bit of advice you would give people in my audience?
2: Well, I'm going to give them first a thought that came to me from Carol Kaufman. Carol's the head of the Harvard Business Coaching Program. And she has a technique that I've really found wonderful for achieving mindfulness in life. I've done these programs every weekend over the COVID with 50, 60 of the most distinguished people in the world. And every week they talk about their lives and it's so easy to get lost in the middle of Zoom calls and distractions. It's so hard to keep focused. And she shared this one tool, which I love and keep this in front of you everywhere you go ask yourself one question. Am I being, am I being the person that I want to be right now? It goes right back to Mojo. Am I being that person I want to be right now? If the answer is yes, be happy. If the answer is no, maybe you should change. I'm going to finish with my best coaching advice and that's everyone listening. This best advice is going to come from from inside you. That's where the best advice always comes from. I want you to take a deep breath. Imagine that you're 95 years old and you're just getting ready to die. It's all over. Here comes that last breath. But right before you take that last breath, you're given a beautiful gift, the ability to go back in time, the ability to go back in time and help the person that's listening to me right now. Help that person be a better leader, much more important. Help that person have a better life. What advice would that wise 95-year-old you who knows what mattered in life and what didn't and what was important and what wasn't? What advice would that wise old person have for the you that's listening to me right now? I don't want you to say anything or do anything or write anything. Just answer that question in your mind. What advice would that old person facing death have for you? Well, whatever you're thinking now, do that. In terms of a performance appraisal, that's the only one that's going to matter. That old person says, you did the right thing, you did the right thing. That old person says, you made a mistake, you made a mistake. You do not have to impress anybody else. Some friends of mine interviewed old folks who were dying, got to ask this question. What advice would you have? On the personal side, three themes. Theme number one, three words, be happy now. Not next week, not next month, not next year. That great Western disease, I'll be happy when. When I get that money status, BMW, condominium, when I achieve that goal, when I become a CEO, I will be happy when we all have the same win. Learning point from old people is don't so get so busy chasing what you don't have, you can't see what you do have. Because many people on this call, you got a lot of stuff. Don't Don't ignore it. Number two is friends and family. When you get older, you realize don't get so busy chasing money and that corporate stuff that you forget the people that love you. Too many people make that mistake friends and family and number three if you have a dream go for it because you don't go for it when you're 35 you know, may not when you're 85 and business advice not much different life is short have fun and good thing about you on this program seem to be having fun number two do what you can do to help people the main reason to help people has nothing to do with money or status or getting ahead the main reason is much deeper the 95 year old you will be proud of you because you did and disappointed if you don't If you don't believe me, interview any CEOs retired. I've interviewed many, ask them a question, what are you proud of? Nobody told me how big their office was. They always talked about the people they helped. Final advice also, same, go for it. You know what, when we get older, we we never regret the risk we take and fail. We always regret the risk we fail to take. And finally, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. I hope that some of the things I've said have been useful and helpful to the people is listening and my goal for you as somebody listening to me right now is help you have just a little bit better life. And I hope I said something that you can use to help yourself have a little bit better life. And if that happened, I feel real good about our goal.
1: Well, as I said, I read the book, I got a lot out of it. I wanted to share the wisdom of that with my audience. And I want to thank you for joining us today, uh, Marshall. It's really been a pleasure. And that's going to be it till next week. We've been talking to Marshall Goldsmith, named one of America's 50 great leaders. And we've been talking about Mojo, how to get it, how to lose it, how to get it back if you lose it. We'll be posting a link to Marshall's website and to his best-selling book, Mojo, and other books at the mentorsradio.com. That's the mentorsradio.com. When you're there, subscribe to future shows. Remember, you can listen to this and past shows on any device at any time by going to your favorite podcast platform. Join us next week at the same time for the next edition of The Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie, signing off for today. Remember to be all you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's
0: been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.